they were able to access this stream of income and turn that into you know real world money that helped them rebuild homes and buy food and buy medicine and keep their families alive and warm and fed. Hey, I'm Rudy, and this is the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Here, we'll learn about the lives of our favorite crypto experts, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Adam Dawson, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, we know you from working on different projects, such as the Human DAO. Um, but before we get into all that fun jazz of, you know, how you got into crypto and your projects, um, I want to learn more about you and kind of like, where were you before even hearing about cryptocurrency and like, what were you studying and what was your mindset before this technology even appeared into your life? Yeah, I'm a structural engineer by trade, uh, but I've done a number of different things. I kind of, my professional career I call it jumping from one crumbling pillar to another. Mm-hmm. So I graduated smack bang into the depths of the GFC and I was recruited as a graduate and then made redundant before I even started that job. And it was kind of like that for a number of years, um, big corporate mergers, yeah. macro collapses, you know, res- I was working in big resources projects, you know, very capital intensive. And so, uh, yeah, just big shifts. And I was always had to be, on my game and networking and finding that next opportunity because you never knew when you might get a phone call to say that your current project was stopping and oh wow nah. that's still and what was coming next yeah <laughs> so uh it was it was hard but it, it, I mean it forced me to to learn a bunch of things and uh, yeah as I say network really broadly get my name out there as best I could and pick up a bunch of useful skills I suppose so I could be useful in a number of different areas and different roles were you always into the tech industry and like what's going on on the internet or were you still like a hardware mechanical person? I mean, not a, probably not from a deep tech perspective. I mean, I just like, you know, grew up with the internet, uh, started with dial up internet that used the <laughs> phone stuff. line and things and played chess on Yahoo games and talked to friends on ICQ and Good so that kind of vintage. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're based um, in Australia, right? So you guys didn't even use yeah. AOL or AIM that much. Yeah, AOL didn't make it out. MSN Messenger was, that was big. the first one that really took off. So ICQ was kind of niche and mm-hmm. that was a bit awkward and clunky to get onto. But then, yeah, MSN definitely took it mainstream. So my high school years were dominated by instant messaging. That's where I learned to touch type and to be efficient on a computer keyboard was mm-hmm. just chatting on messenger yeah I mean, constantly i had keyboard class in high school so that was that's definitely interesting now thinking about it. i'm like oh it's just it's fluent to me without even thinking about mm. it but i guess keyboard class did help some sort <laughs> yeah i don't i don't do the proper touch typing i remember we had yeah some clunky dorky software that we used to learn to touch type and in the end i think yeah most of us just got our practice by chatting after school yeah well I'm glad that it's like also like always amazing thing for me is like, I'm so thankful to grow up with the internet and it's kind Mm. of like a deep under a deep understanding of appreciation for it and the want for, um, just that robust clean and give as little as possible to give the best response online. Cause right now it's like all just full of like different banners and colors and like make the splash page <laughs> like just explode in your face like wow look at this look at this like a lot of flashing lights i'm like i just want clean simple and fast loading pages i'm tired of like fighting my browser 
Yeah. But yeah, I can still remember the old like GeoCities days and people learning, you know, animated GIFs for the first time and just adding it to everything and yeah, yeah these horrible banner ads and yeah, dark <laughs> ages of the internet. <laughs> it's all a learning curve, but you know, thanks to that, that's where we are here today. So it's always fun. But um, you got into you're in this industry, uh, working at your you know regular job. Mm-hmm. At what point did you hear about Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything blockchain related? Yeah, I, I can remember a podcast on the way to work. It was when Bitcoin hit a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I can remember thinking, "Who are these idiots buying some imaginary <laughs> internet money for a hundred dollars?" and so that was kind of my first chance to go down the rabbit hole and I missed it. And then I was at a conference in 2019. It was a concrete industry one and um, smart contracts in construction came up as a topic and I was really interested and started asking some questions, but I didn't really keep pulling on the threads when I got back home. And so I sort of missed Ethereum then. And then it wasn't until uh, last year I had a little bit of money to invest and I started looking at you know, typical stocks and things and then, you know, going a little bit further along the risk curve and considering crypto. And that was, I guess, like where I started, like most people probably do is, you know, bought some crypto. And then it wasn't long before I realized that actually, hang on, there's this whole layer yeah. underneath this of of people and human coordination. And it reminded me of my early passions at my uh, first job. I've always done things in parallel to my day job of course, and put a lot of extra effort in. And so, yeah, I, um, I got very into running a, a graduate development program. So it's global young professionals program that I was tasked with managing. And I just saw so many similarities to that, just the energy and the, you know, this sort of frontier people wanting to learn and develop really quickly and, um, being able to move without some of the constraints of the typical hierarchy, a very flat organization. So, yeah, uh, that I felt very comfortable, you know, in DAOs and in those kind of very fluid startup-y energetic organizations. Yeah, and so it sounds like the the tech that blockchain had to offer was re- what really triggered you because some people just saw that you know, Bitcoin is a monetary asset. It's going up in price, going down in price, and they just see it as a, mm. a trading commodity. Like, great, like I can make money off this. But it sounds like the tech is what really drove home to you and it's kind of what attracted you because you said ethereum and um like smart contracts and layering was what's appealing yeah the, i mean the whole premise of bitcoin i probably only came to understand later as i explored more in the crypto space it was yeah the um the ability to automate and the composability of the smart contracts and things that i think was most interesting to me and that's kind of where I've wound up now in some of the roles that I'm doing in the space. It's um, in the, you know, the web three social era and that new technology and the way that sort of layers um, and comes together in like composable open source modules that has really kind of captured my interest. Mm-hmm. That's And was there anyone else around you, like friends, family that was also into Bitcoin or any blockchain technologies? It was just, were you the one that's trying to preach <laughs> yeah, most of them don't even have any idea that I'm remotely involved in this. It's kind of a completely separate persona. Um, I have I got a little bit of swag. I have my rabbit hole hoodie on nice. that I got sent from East Denver because I was doing some work with that team. Oh, I was there. Um, That's awesome. But it's 
Oh, nice. But yeah, it's kind of my only link between my my real world, you know, real person self and my online, uh, you know, Adam Dawson dot <laughs> crypto persona. Yeah. So to me, they're very much one and the same. But to to most of my friends and family and colleagues, they're just they're that that online persona doesn't even exist. They've got no idea what I do with my my evenings. <laughs> They're just working on the computer, doing some stuff. Who knows? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's funny. And um, all right, so now you, like you said, you got into Rabbit Hole and other projects that you're working on. So uh, I think you're working on the Human DAO. You also worked in mm. Orbis and Developer mm -hmm. DAO. So what about each of those projects kind of attracted you to, you know, go in there? Because like you said, I mean, it is your hobby. And for me, I'm the same way. When I find something interesting, I'm like, yes, I'll, I'll do whatever. Like, I'm, I'm down. I, I just yeah. want to be part of it somehow. But yeah. you got to pick and choose at a point because it does become overbearing. Yeah. So, so what, what about those yeah. really interested you? Yeah, I think initially I was just looking for a, a way in. Um, so, you know, listening to podcasts and I was joining some Discord servers and just trying to find, like, okay, who are my kind of people and where do I fit in all of this? And then... Um, at that time, someone, it was, uh, Anthony Sassano, the daily Gway mm -hmm. podcast that he does, that sort of was where I learned a lot of things and first felt like, okay, these are the, the values that make sense to me. And someone in there mentioned a project, which was human DAO, And I started reading about it and I saw a lot of parallels to what I'd done previously with, you know, that sort of grassroots community organization and development. And so I went deep and read through all the documents and I was really interested I jumped in the discord and they were launching a token to so everyone's spamming questions left, right, and center. And I knew the answers cause I'd read the documentation. Uh -huh. So I just started answering them and then, yeah, someone um, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Oh, can you, can you do this for us? Can you, we, you know, we need to create this white paper about what we're doing. Can you write it for us? And um, so I did. And then that just, yeah, it snowballed from there. Kind of one thing led to another and, it's yeah, I, I liked it. As I say, I like those kind of organizations, you know, if you're really ambitious and want to, you know, it's more meritocratic. So if you stand out, you can rise up to the top really, really quickly. And that's what really got me in. Yeah. And that's what I always try to tell people on the show or anyone that's listening. If you really want to get into crypto, the best way is, is just to get into the chats, know yeah. the product well and help answer questions and you will be noticed you know, you will be noticed. People will need more people like you because this whole industry is very, very community-based. The more people mm. helping each other, ha more people helping each other out, the more likely the project will succeed. Other than what we have like nowadays, like a lot of VCs are in there, but the ones that are like community-based are still my favorite. So it's like, yeah, what you do is, as as you've noticed, was noticed and appreciated mm. by the community. And um. You know, as soon as I started, you know, asking for help, how how was that experience for you? Were you like, oh shit, like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm gonna give my all, or was this something that you felt like comfortable and ready to go and attack? Yeah, it, I mean, I, I guess I did feel fairly comfortable because I was bringing, you know, uh, I'm not 20 anymore. Um, <laughs> I was kind of coming in with like 15 years of of experience in professional roles and uh, yeah, working with various like grassroots organizations and things. And so a lot of it felt very similar to me, but obviously no one knows who I am. They don't know or care about that history. And so 
it was kind of nice that you just you measured by your results and what you can produce and the quality of that so um where, wherever i saw things that i felt like i could do a good job of i would put my hand up and i would do it and uh, yeah sure enough uh it, you know, it went well and i got noticed as someone that was confident with some of these tasks and that was when i got asked to come on you know to be part of the core builder team as their content lead and and be that go-to person for their their messaging and their writing and this is for human dao yeah for human dao can you give, a little, give us a little bit of like background of what human dao is for anyone who doesn't know yeah so i mean human dao's mission is improving lives through crypto so we're working in underserved communities around the world uh, basically trying to connect those people to the new opportunities in web3 so there, there's so much happening i think as we all know there's so many projects and things people wanting to build and create um, you have this phenomenal population of the world who are just searching for opportunity to, you know, to improve their own lives, to earn more money, to find more freedom. And we're kind of trying to be the bridge between those two worlds. So, yeah, our vision is to be that place that anyone can come, even if they don't know the first thing about crypto or blockchain or Web3 or whatever, uh, they can learn the basics, they can start finding roles, they can start contributing and eventually build their way up to having, you know, really valuable specialized skills that they can, you know, perform full-time roles. They can earn, you know, real, real money to pay mm -hmm. their bills and look after their families. And they can also, you know, start investing and building their own portfolio and some financial independence. Well, and what parts of the world are, I mean, it's a global industry. I'm sure I know that, but like mm. what parts of the world are most affected by it now? Yeah, I mean, we're, our community is predominantly in the Philippines. Okay. Um, so I guess we really built out of the you know Axie Infinity and Play to Earn craze, which really took hold there. And for like thousands and thousands of people, that was this first inkling that, oh, hang on, there's this whole online world here of new opportunity. And you sort of match people that have the time um, with people that you know need that and can, can leverage that. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah, you can generate a tremendous amount of value. And so that brought as I say, like tens of thousands of people, possibly hundreds of thousands of people into the space. And then as you know, the economics changed and the token prices went down, it left a lot of them going, okay, like some just left, but oh, a lot wow. stayed and went, okay, I've got a taste of this. What else can I do? What can I do now? And that's what the sort of people that HumanDAO are hoping to appeal to and you know, hold on to as you know the, the play to earn opportunities go down but there's still you know a vast world of different, different opportunities if you can develop those skills and confidence in the web3 world and is there any uh, specific project within the human DAO that stands out as a good example yeah well we're working on one now about to launch it it's called our pocket assistance okay and so it's similar to i suppose other gig economy companies uh, in that it's a pool of people that are available to contribute and you buy an NFT and that's kind of your lifetime you know, digital membership card to access help from this pool of assistance mm -hmm. in our community. And so uh, we were overrun by applicants. We had over 1,200 come in and say they wanted wow. to be part of it. So we actually had to shut it down early. <sighs> um, we've ended up with, I think, about 125 so far that have gone through some, you know, some assessments and some you know, sort of short exams just to make sure that you know, they, they've got the, the skills and the willingness and um are able to contribute and so they're kind of ready and then we're launching the nfts soon um to be available for people to to buy and we think it's going to be 
yeah, just a great thing for people to, to buy and own. They can, you know, free up some time. We have this pool of people who just would love to, you know, invest some of their time in starting to build some skills in this world. And it's work they can do safely. They can do it from home. They can do it flexibly. And meanwhile, yeah, they're, they're getting involved in a whole new world. That's such a good feeling, like working on something like that and seeing such a huge group of people ready to you know, be part of the community. That's very, that's very rewarding in itself. Yeah, we were, we were overwhelmed. We didn't really know, I suppose, just how it would translate because it's something different. I mean, a yeah. lot of people, you see this job for a DAO, they probably haven't even seen that acronym before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it just shows that, that there are this huge population of people that are looking for opportunities like that. And it's something like 1.9 billion people earning less than $20 a day around wow. the world. Um, so you just imagine the power of that. If you can connect them like through the internet, you can do jobs from anywhere for anyone. Um, if you can, yeah, motivate them, train them, connect them to those opportunities. Uh, it's just the possibilities are endless. It's pretty amazing. And yeah, like, like you said, there's so much, like so much opportunity the internet gives. And now that there's a means of payment that's not regulated mm. through governments you can actually pay people for doing work you know for helping out in your project all over the world and that's like that's totally changing the game it's the global gig economy it's i think it's a beautiful it's an amazing thing yeah uh, and i think the really neat thing about it is that i guess unlike a you sort of traditional what you might be web 2 gig economy where it's almost like a race to the bottom and whoever's willing to do the work for the least amount of money gets it um we can do things very differently with a token economy and so human DAO has a token so as well as people earning you know stable coin wages they'll also earn tokens in the DAO. and so over time as you the more you work the more you grow your influence and your ability to to vote on proposals to put proposals forward to influence the future of your own workplace and that just is you'd never see that you know as an uber driver you don't earn <laughs> No, Uber shares. <laughs> no, you don't really earn anything. You just, I mean, you earn dollars, but and a lot of attention from Uber. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we, we really want to do things differently with that. You know, if you don't show up to, to pick up someone for Uber, then someone else will come in and take your place. Whereas we really want to, as I say, develop people and give them um, progression. So it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't do this task, someone else will. It's how do we take you from, you know, working in these generic tasks mm -hmm. with the pocket assistance to, you know, developing some specific skills. Like maybe you want to be a, a community manager or a social media manager or a developer or a graphic designer. So yeah. how do we, you know, how do we equip you with those skills and then help sell, you know, those sell you to the world of crypto and the world of Web3 to, to find more specialized opportunities. It's amazing. And definitely like very like um, appreciated from, I'm sure people who are part of it, they're just glad to have that opportunity. So you can sense that and that's the kind of people you want on your team. So for other than the human DAO, what else are you working on? Because I know you have your hands in a few projects. <laughs> yeah, we're, I wear a few different hats. Um, I, try, I try to make them, so they sort of all have things in common, yeah. which is great. You can, you can play off them. Um, so the other big one is Orbis, which is a totally different world. Um, so I'm the community manager there. And so Orbis recently launched on mainnet 
on Ceramic. So nice. it's an open source uh, Web3 social protocol. So it sort of has these um, modules, which you can kind of plug and play and, and build together like social Legos to create either your own social network or add capabilities onto, into your website to, to talk to people, to facilitate discussion forums or chats or, you know, basic social graph features like having followers. And um, we can do things like token gated, you know, features and channels and voting and things as well. Yeah, I've seen that um, kind of a hot topic now, like with Lens Protocol, mm. Orbis, CyberConnect, and even like... Mm other social platforms like gm.xyz yeah there's a big push for disrupting the social network industry kind of having Mm. your own data that you can not only just use on one specific platform but also take with you anywhere you go Mm. and that's like that's pretty key as to you're not dependent on a platform in any way in terms of staying online live stable you have no idea if maybe their owners have become yeah. corrupt and change the whole entire messaging system of their front end it's just like you mm. at least you get control of that data so what is that like, what about orbis kind of really attracted you the, 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 what yeah, it's trying it was, to solve i mean honestly initially i was just attracted to the people working on it mm-hmm. and so actually it came through human dow so someone who had seen okay. what i was doing with human dow was involved with Orbis. They were looking for a community person. And yeah, he'd seen what I was doing over there and said, ah, you know, maybe you can help out here. And yeah, I just liked it. Um, Baptiste who you know, created Orbis and he's the, the founder and the dev who, who made it all just had this, yeah, really infectious energy. Uh, he moves so fast. Um, it's like a new feature every day. I, I tried to document what Orbis could do at one stage <laughs> and it was like out of date before I even finished it. Um, that's and so, so yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> that's wild. really good environment to work in. I mean, it is funny cause like you just pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like the tech scene is moving so fast and just documenting it is it's hard and it's hard to keep up with it because <laughs> it's like, you, uh, I just finished typing this up and explaining it really easily for everyone else. And all of a sudden it's redone or there's a new yeah, update for it kind of changes it. And it's like, gosh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah but that's yeah and i find that um yeah that whole web3 social world it's it's it took me a long time to get my head around it and now i see a lot of people doing the same thing they're kind of asking oh what's the next twitter Mm -hmm. or what's the next instagram and the answer is it's not going to be like a one-for-one replacement the truth is like every single person on earth could have their own bespoke social app that does exactly what they want it to do um, but it's all querying the same central layer of data. And so you could have your very own version that's, you know, it's your algorithm or it's specifically this topic, um, or you can chop and change, you mm-hmm. know, I want the really noisy app today that shows me everything, or I want the really focused one that just shows me what these people are talking about. And I think the tooling is only going to accelerate. You probably be able to create your own, um, you know, little portal into, you know, this vast social graph that's building up in on these decentralized networks. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's definitely um, something that's beautiful because you can, as, like you said, you can have a a platform where it's mostly just you know, dev talk and like developers hanging out, chatting about what they're working on, kind of like a Stack Overflow. But you can also mm. bring all your followers from that page 
into somewhere else where it's just like mm-hmm. mainstream news, world news, what's happening now and kind of like discuss, uh, you know, your own personal opinions or whatever you want to state in either of those forums, but you can have the followers come with you to both sides and they can mm. choose which side of you they want to listen to if they think you're annoying in the news and politics, but they really <laughs> like your development skills. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a... Yeah. And I think if you, you then add, add the layer of the top of things like verified credentials, mm-hmm. and that means you can actually bring a different set, a different persona to each one as well. And, you know, maybe in this setting, I want people to know that I studied at this university and I have this professional credential, but... Maybe in this one, I want them to know what DAOs I've worked for and um, what skills I have in blockchain. Yeah, and being out, you can you will be able to sort of pick and choose what you bring to each conversation, which again is something that I think is hard to get your head around. But one day it will just be commonplace. Yeah, that's another thing too. It's right getting it, um, getting the front end working very smoothly, where no one really knows or even using blockchain that mm. much. Get it, getting it smooth yeah. without having to sign everything so yeah well so that's actively. kind of the um the orbis point of difference is it's built on ceramic so it's not actually the data isn't on a blockchain it's on a decentralized data network and so you do one connection of your wallet to create your sort of id but then after that there's no more you know you don't see metamask again after that um it's that's all cool. uh it's very smooth it feels like posting on a twitter or a facebook or something like that so um which is what we sort of want to create is that yeah. same, you know, take the friction away, abstract all of that decentralization away, um, but you still got the the portability and the composability of it. So if you decide you don't like, you know, Orbis.club, you can go somewhere else or you can build your own and access the data in a different way. Nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, having your own data is key. Mm. So what is your third hat? That was your first two hats. You said you had three hats. Yeah. <laughs> So I was I was wearing a rabbit hole hat for a little while. I did some experiments in the world of meta governance and huh. um, sort of really trying to create, I suppose, almost like governance as a service because they owned a lot of tokens in various protocols. They wanted to um, fulfill their governance responsibilities to the best that they could, and so they appointed some specialists to to yeah, spend time in those communities and kind of report back and make recommendations on here's how rabbit hole should vote to represent their values in this community. Yeah. Um, so we did that for a while. Uh, it was a good experiment. It's sort of been on, on hiatus for a little while now. Um, and then, so I, an opportunity came up with developer DAO and that was a talent coordinator role, mm-hmm. which again, very similar to what I'd done in the past, bringing on, contributors and volunteers to grassroots networks. And in a way, it's very similar to what I do with Orbis, trying to get people excited about using the protocol. So yeah, I just put a, they put the call out there in the newsletter, um, just a couple of hours a week. And I thought that's something I know how to do. So I put forward a little framework together and said, this is how I would do the role. Uh, and they liked it and said, yeah, come and help out. So nice. that officially kicks off soon. Congrats. Yeah, it's exciting. And during your experience working in you know different projects and also working your normal job, what what has been the most surprising to you in, t- in terms of work style and you know being in such a you know in an industry that's construction and f- 
living that lifestyle, working the normal day job and moving into these type of hobbies and working in those hobbies, what has been an interesting or something maybe that's a, a difference in work style and work ethics that you kind of just noticed and maybe enjoy or don't enjoy between the two? Yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, I've come from, yeah, corporate world, you know, big publicly listed companies um, in industries that don't move particularly quickly. And so, yeah, yes, they're innovative, but it takes time for all that to work through. Uh, so the speed with which some of these projects are moving is astonishing. Um, so I like that part of it. Yeah. It's, as you say, like sometimes the documentation falls behind. You know, I, you can't get away with that when you're supplying construction products into hundreds of thousands of houses, but you can when you're experimenting on the, the you know, bleeding edge of Web3 social. So that's very different. And I just like the culture of, especially being a remote contributor, that's just, yeah, people are totally comfortable with you being on camera or off camera, online or offline. Uh, there's no one's really, you know, watching really closely what you're doing. It's all about the outcome and, and yeah. what do you deliver? And if you can deliver that outcome, we don't really care how you did it. Um, it's, it's much more meritocratic and less political. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. In, in some ways. Depends who you are and how loud you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends on the organization too. Yeah. But it's so true because that's like my favorite part about the digital world, the web three world. It's just, everyone wants to see proof of work. Like you're doing your work, mm. you're being good to other people. It's contributive to society, helpful for society. It's a public good. People love that. And it's not much more is needed after that. But in a corporate world, it's different. You got to kind of play the part, play the politics. Make sure everything is going okay. And it's like, eh, I mean, I know you got to do what you got to do, but it's, uh, yeah, during my experience in the Web3 world, it's been awesome. And yeah, my current day job is, it's a mix between Web3 and Web2, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, thankfully they're trying to keep it into the new generation of how you work online. And I'm really enjoying that. So nice. that's pretty lucky. Um. So yeah, I mean, you're like you said, you're working on all these projects, but how do you, you know, it's a crypto is a 24 seven industry. So how do you keep your sanity? How do you take a break? Like, what do you do outside of crypto and outside of work just to keep Adam sane, happy and mentally yeah. healthy? Yeah. So healthy. cycling, mm -hmm. yeah, cycling is my passion outside of work. And so if, if I flip this camera around, you'd see there's a bike on an indoor trainer. Oh, wow. behind it and so uh yeah when that's kind of my my escape i do a lot of my best thinking on a bike it's always been the way and so yeah i'll, I'll switch off i'll kind of flip the screen around i'll fire up you know a, a training program and and i'll do that and put something else on um nice how many um i guess for you i was gonna say miles but how many kilometers miles. <laughs> yeah do you go yeah we, uh, it's normally like three three to 400 kilometers a week will be put in on the bike. So wow. kind of a daily habit and yeah, it definitely helps just be that, uh, that break But uh, and I've got like, I've got three young kids at home as well. So it's definitely a full life. Yeah. But I find that the, the crypto and web three roles, I find that they are almost always like energy adders in my mm. life. They're, it's things I look forward to doing and, 
it makes me yeah it's that the, the, i think the speed of it and just the um the fact that we're doing new things and there's always something new to learn so i actually find it to be yeah an adder not necessarily a uh, something that drains me absolutely and this is the same for me for the podcast it's like it's a lot of work i don't get paid for it yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> i'm enjoying because i get to meet people like you and just you know learn about the industry learn about the people who are building everything that we're using you know this is the future technology so mm. this is the best place to start and uh yeah i mean I, you said you had three kids and are you excited to teach them everything about crypto or are you going to try to push them into that tech scene or <laughs> you think, ah, i've been uh <laughs> Yeah, I've been easing them into the world of crypto. Uh, I have a daughter who is an aspiring artist. And so cool. uh, I've shown her kind of the world of NFTs and what you can do. And I think that's really exciting, just the accessibility of some of this technology for, yeah, like smaller artists. You don't, have to, you don't necessarily have to you know, know all the right people and things yeah. like that. Your work can kind of stand on its own. And again, it's that more meritocratic approach. So... That really got her uh, little brain ticking over, thinking about, um, yeah, selling digital art and things like that. It's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get them thinking about this early. So they're, that's like when the most creative juices are happening. You're just like thinking and imagine what the future could lie. And you have the most time to actually practice and learn. Because, yeah, I remember when I was like middle school, early on, even high school, I was just like, anything i can get anything electronic because i was i'm an electrical engineer like that's why i studied and anything yep. electronic i'm like i gotta i gotta figure out how this works how does how does this toy car work i'm like i'm willing to break it into pieces just to learn and if i could put it yep. back together like great like i learned something but like the reverse engineering part of things was always uh it was very exciting and as a kid like that's mm. when you grow the most is when you someone gives you something like oh, here this is an nft this is digital art this is what happens with it and yeah like you said that like getting her head to, head her, her mind spinning it's like oh this is this is what can it be possible like let me find a way to you know make it into my own and hopefully start something new on our own yeah i mean kids kids get this stuff better than adults because they don't have these preconceived notions so yeah, you can tell them like oh, I just have this like this online wallet, and I have a bunch of money that's attached to it, and I can send it to anyone in the world. And they go, "Cool, that makes total sense." Of course, you can. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be able to? That makes perfect sense. Precisely. Um, so yeah, I think I'm excited about the like the world that they'll grow up in, and yeah, some of the opportunities they might have. <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. So now that yeah, in the crypto industry, uh, you've been seeing a lot community management is not an easy role especially um when people are disgruntled and upset but what is your crypto pet peeve yeah (laughs) like my pet peeve is that it's almost a sense of deja vu from what i'd seen in the corporate world of uh a lot of focus on perhaps the product and moving quickly and not enough focus on building cultures that are going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with things that are just tied into like one particular person. And if that person's not there, then the whole thing falls apart. And so I've sort of, I've tried to uh, put in like, you know, papers and presentations and things to conferences really all about, you know, inspiring volunteers and building sustainable cultures, organizational cultures and I keep getting knocked back 
and sort of, oh, you know, this isn't quite, this isn't relevant or we've got too much of that. And I'm thinking it is relevant. And like that, that iceberg is coming when you realize that if you haven't built that sustainable culture around what you're doing, that people will just, they'll move on if they're not, they don't have mm-hmm. that personal connection to it. Um, they might stay while things are exciting, but then when things don't go well, if they don't have it, then they're going to find something else to move on to. And so it's really, really hard work to develop that. Um, and it's something I've grappled with and struggled with in my own professional roles with a certain style of building a team and leading that doesn't necessarily jive well with particularly really short-term focused uh, thinking that you can sometimes get in the corporate world, you know, have we hit our numbers today or this month or this year? Um, is that person developing fast enough or are they not? So it's been a constant battle, I think, to create that space and that time to really to really build up and do the hard work early and then you get the benefits later. So, yeah, I just I see a lot of organisations kind of ignoring that, kind of speed running ahead. Yeah. I can just sort of have seen that happen that they hit that hit the iceberg um, <laughs> because they're, they're not taking that time to to really invest in the culture and the people and build. Yeah, and that's so true because people make everything, no matter what company mm. you are in the world, Web 2, Web 3, whatever you're doing in person, digitally. The people make up your business and some businesses are totally okay with just churning employees like yep train you for this much time i expect you to be here for less than a year i'll just train someone Mm. else to take your place afterwards and just cycle through people or there's companies that really appreciate all their employees and kind of want them to love what they're doing and give them the opportunity to be the best version of themselves to give the best version to the company and like yeah, yeah like i said the culture is key for that yeah, I mean, my my leadership training ground was all with volunteers, and so I was trying to get people to help me build this enormous global program. Um, and you know, we took it from five hundred people to five thousand in the space of eighteen months, and expanded all over the world. And it was a lot of work, and it really came down to investing that time, one on one, understanding each individual's reasons and motivations, and connecting that into the mission. And that just takes time. It's it's a lot of work, but um, I, I guess I'd always had that philosophy that I think that even when you are, you know, I got to be a manager and people were earning money and you could just say, do it because I said so, yeah. or do it because you're being paid to do it. Yeah. Um, but I'd always approached it with a, okay, let's imagine everyone's a volunteer and they can leave at any moment with no cost to them, which in reality these days with things like LinkedIn, yeah. uh, most people probably could leave at the drop of a hat. It, it's not hard to flag yourself with open and you get inundated with recruiters that are just eager to put you somewhere. Yep. So I guess I've taken that approach in the you know, corporate world, which has done me really well. And then I've brought the same approach into the world of crypto and, and web three and DAOs, which is, yeah, just imagine everyone's a volunteer that can leave at any moment. And it's your job to, to help them find the motivation to stay. That's true. And like you said, it's just people have options now. So it is more compelling mm-hmm. for companies to, retain you and keep you and uh, keep you excited for where you are and where you're going with the company. And uh, now being in this industry, in the cryptocurrency industry, can you imagine if your life wasn't 
involved in cryptocurrency what would your life look like <laughs> if you just never even you know last time you saw ethereum or bitcoin whatever you're just like not for me i'm gonna continue with my life what would that even look like for you yeah i don't know i i'm it never lasts for long i've sort of had times in life where i've kind of deliberately said no to a bunch of things and carved out space but it never lasts i i'll see something else new and i'll get dragged into it and i'll fill it up quickly so uh, if it wasn't this it would be you know something else new and exciting that yeah would become the you know something to get obsessed with space travel all that stuff yeah yeah i mean like through covid and lockdowns and everything i yeah like i started a youtube channel about cycling and um cool learned all about recording you know audio and video and editing and uh yeah so oh, there's gonna, always something to do i need to link to <laughs> i need to give a link to that uh cycling channel then no, no one wants to see that. I don't want to see a middle-aged I, man. Just, yeah. I appreciate the video editing and recording and a lot of stuff. It's not easy. I mean, I've had so much technical troubleshooting to get this setup working properly. And I'm still like <laughs> figuring out ways like, oh, my audio could have been way better. Or I could have totally yeah. made a different edit. <laughs> so Yeah, well, my lighting's all off. I've got like a light ring that just decided, I think the globe went literally just as I turned it on to come and talk to you. So uh, but, that's that's frustrating that's but. right i forgot to turn mine on too i was like oh shoot but <laughs> thankfully <laughs> i got some light oh man so i guess my last question would be um what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment yeah i actually so through human dow i got asked to present to a group of students at a university in the philippines and they were studying like computer science and technology um but hadn't really in really gone down the rabbit hole of web three and DAOs and potential opportunities in that space. And yeah, they just invited me to share almost like today, kind of share some of the opportunities I've found and the journey that I've been on, even though it's been a really short, it's still less than a year, but just the, the questions that came and the energy and the enthusiasm, like this is the new generation of people that are going to be working in the space and they just can't wait to, to get involved. And uh, yeah, it was just, they were just so ready to to embrace it and you see a lot of negativity around crypto i think you know there's a lot of narratives that are yeah. uh attractive that are that are more negative but when you explain it to people and they see just what it can do for them and their friends and you know for the world then i see their faces light up and thinking about what their future is going to be uh, it's just amazing that is amazing and that I guess like from us in the States and Korea and Australia, I'm sure like, you know, monetary transactions and the value of our currency is pretty you know trustworthy. We don't expect it to go anywhere. I mean, most of the world uses mm. the dollar anyways as like uh, their backing currency. But in countries like Philippines and other places in Asia and in South America and uh, Central America, having a different form of a global economy, a global currency where they can actually work and benefit from and not have to worry about the stability of it. I mean, I know crypto is volatile, but in some, it's, it's actually more stable than some other countries' currencies. So it's like, yeah, it's volatile, but, but you know, as like as first world people, we have, we haven't experienced that kind of dramatic change. Uh, then unless we put ourselves into it, which is crypto, but, having that accessibility is is huge and like you said their their eyes light up with opportunity wow i can 
work as what I'm passionate in, which could be art or could be editing, it could be programming and it can affect people all over the world. And I can still use that monetary gain for myself. And hopefully it also increases as an asset. It's, it's like a lot of wins for them and the risk is mm. worth the reward where for people like, again, like the negative narratives are like, Oh no, like why would I ever use my crypto over the dollar? Like the dollar is not, you know, not that volatile, but, Crypto, you can lose everything. Like all the NFT stores are being hacked and this and that. It's just like, yeah, for for first world, it's like easy to think of that way, a negative narrative. But yeah, there's a lot of positive yeah. that's coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, you can be you can be critical of things like play to earn and you know the economics around something like Axie Infinity. But you know, we know stories from the Philippines where there was a typhoon that went through in December last year, and you know we had members of the Human Dow community that their homes were destroyed, their families were displaced wow. and they were able to access this stream of income and turn that into, you know, real world money that helped them rebuild homes and buy food and buy medicine and keep their families alive and warm and fed. Um, it's, as you say, I think people tend to get, you know, they get, they get stuck in their own little bubbles, particularly in more stable and stable Western countries. Yep. But yeah, there are people for whom even just a few dollars can make, it's all the difference so uh i think yeah there's so many opportunities for crypto to to come in and, and be that bridge and really help them yeah exactly. find that stability and freedom i love that yeah exactly give that public good and help everyone else in the world well, thank you adam so much for joining me today i mean i really appreciate your time i appreciate what you're doing thank you for supporting the industry but also supporting people who uh who really benefit from this and thank you for spending all your extra time working on these side projects because it is going noticed and it is appreciated and I'm, I'm glad to be able to share what you're doing. Yeah. And no, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think particularly things like human Dow, when you're sort of sharing a positive story, it doesn't necessarily get all the attention, but you know, we just kind of keep showing up every day and, and trying to do the best that we can. So I really appreciate people like yourself that are, taking the time to share those, those good stories with the world.